Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Howdy, Pete. Howdy, Charlie. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know that Joe Biden is getting ready to take millions of barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and put them out there on the world market? Yeah. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Do you think Joe Biden's intelligent enough to know if he gives away all of our strategic oil, we won't have any left to defend ourselves if another nation declares war on us? No, I don't think Joe Biden's intelligent enough to realize that. Besides, he's not making the decisions. It's those morons pulling his strings. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know that this whole strategic petroleum reserve draining is only being done to win points for the Democrats in the midterm elections? And they think Americans are stupid enough to think that Biden is doing this to help them out? Yep. And it might only be a temporary, minute drop in the price of gasoline. Maybe 10 to 15 cents. And only for a very short time. Because the normal summer fuel blend prices increases are already on the way. Probably actually won't cause a price drop at all. By the way, uh, why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Tune in next time when Pete and Charlie discuss things that are important to America. As I said on the last edition of the Truth Hurts program, Joe Biden is traveling down a very slippery slope, draining our strategic petroleum reserve simply to try and take a few cents a gallon off the gasoline prices. This is a crisis he created with his economic policies, with his shuttering of the petroleum industry in the U.S. from the day he put his feeble fingers on the Bible and swore to protect the nation. All he's doing is destroying it. I could go into this in vivid detail, but I don't want to bore you all. Know this, the only reason Biden is proposing taking millions of barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve is political motivation, hoping that dumb Americans will say, see, at least he's trying. Putin shouldn't have invaded the Ukraine, made the prices go up. The prices were going up for the entire year before Putin invaded the Ukraine. But the mainstream leftist, liberal, progressive, woke media will never tell you that truth. And the average American since you and I and the other Truth Hurts program listeners are well above average, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to the program, those below average are too lazy, too illiterate, too ignorant, too stupid, too dumb to do the research, to simply look back and realize that gasoline prices were half off what they are today while Donald Trump was your president. But they see the D and they follow that D like a light. They follow it like a shiny bell, and they believe whatever the D tells them. It's a shame. The spring-summer blend fuel increase in price is on the way because the EPA mandates a different blend of petroleum distillates to be added to the unleaded fuels for the summer months in order to reduce pollution. Summer blend fuel will get you worse fuel economy, but will pollute less, according to the American Petroleum Institute. But it costs more. Clean energy costs more. And that's just the fact that you have to deal with. And it's the truth. And unfortunately, sometimes that truth hurts. Howdy, Pete. Howdy, Charlie. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know there's a group of race baiters out there posing as a commission and they're trying to rename anything and everything that has any reference to the Confederacy? Yep. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. 
Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know that commission is about to rename hundreds of military bases, historical markers, military signs, grave sites, cemeteries, buildings, roads, bridges, and installations? All because they think it's somehow racist? Yep. They want to erase actual history to suit their twisted version of history and somehow make out everyone who isn't black or brown to be racist. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Hey, Pete? Yeah, Charlie? You know that if they erase and ignore actual history, they doom us to repeat that history? Sometimes in reverse, but most of the time, the exact same way history did it the first time? Yep, but that doesn't matter to those race-baiting haters on the left. They want to make instant profits off the lies of their phony racism claims today. They don't care about history. They only care about making themselves rich and famous. To tell you the truth, I still call Lee Circle in New Orleans Lee Circle. They can change the name all they want, but history is reality. Fact. By the way, why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Tune in next time when Pete and Charlie discuss things that are important to America. Yo, Pete and Charlie have hit the nail on the head. CNN reports, Confederate names. Commission will review more than 750 military signs and markers to see if they need to be renamed. The Congressional Naming Commission, which was set up to remove Confederate names from military bases, will now review the names of more than 750 Department of Defense items. That includes everything from military base names to the names of streets and roads and bridges to determine whether their names commemorate the Confederacy. This according to a release from the commission announced on Wednesday of this week. That commission was established by the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act, you know, the military spending bill. We're going to waste millions of dollars discussing whether or not Fort Bragg is a racist confederacy commemorative term that might be offensive to someone. <laughs> the National Defense Authorization Act established this commission in 2021 and it faced fierce opposition from former President Donald Trump in 2020. It was originally tasked to rename only nine military bases and sites that were remotely associated with the Confederacy and a few other Defense Department assets with names that commemorated the Confederacy. Understand, commemorate means for someone to remember something. It doesn't glorify it. It doesn't make it a hero. It just commemorates the memory of someone or something. I guess we should ask Volkswagen to rename their car line because Volkswagen was established by Adolf Hitler. And yet we see Volkswagens running all over the United States of America and no one has told them that they should be renamed. Sorry, Brian, Dave. A list of more than 750 items includes not just those nine military bases but roads, signs, bridges, fields on bases, military installations across the United States, and two items at a U.S. Navy base in Japan. Oh, most honorable Skipper-san, please change the name of Confederate base on the Japan island. It is offensive and racist. The list is as detailed as naming actual stickers, flyers, and posters on certain military installations that need to be reviewed, including window decals at Ozark and Enterprise Gate Welcome Centers at Fort Rucker in Alabama, and mechanical room signage at Fort Benning in Georgia. That's right, boys and girls, your hard-earned money, your tax dollars, are going to a commission 
that is going room by room, wall by wall, door by door, filing cabinet by filing cabinet, bulletin board by bulletin board, sign by sign, and trying to find some reason to change a name, which will of course cost taxpayer dollars to make a new sign, to make a new sticker, to make a new flyer, to make a new bulletin, to make a new decal. Yes, they're wasting our precious tax dollars. <laughs> we will update the inventory list in collaboration with the Department of Defense, including its sub-agencies and the military branches as we continue to identify assets within our area of consideration. Retired Admiral Michelle Howard, chairperson of the Naming Commission, made this statement in a news release. This work is vital to understand the scope and estimated cost of renaming or removing Confederate named assets and will enable us to provide the most accurate report possible to Congress. She continued, The Secretary of Defense will have the final say in the renaming of bases. The Commission recommendations are to include assessments of how local communities may be impacted by any changes. Now, before I continue, let me explain. Let's say you own a business on or near a base that is named for someone who was instrumental in the Confederacy's army. Now, they're going to change the name of the base. They're going to change the name of the street that goes to the base. Guess what happens to your business? You, personally, now have to go through the expense and the arduous task of buying all new signage for your business, all new stationery, envelopes, letterheads, stickers, decals, business cards, anything that had the previous street name on it will have to be changed because some commission has taken it upon themselves to name themselves as the arbiters of good practice. And they are going to change the name of the street approaching Fort Lee or Military Base Jackson or whatever. The original nine military installations that the commission was tasked to review were Fort Lee, Fort Hood, Fort Benning, Fort Gordon, Fort Bragg, Fort Polk, Fort Pickett, Fort A.P. Hill, and Fort Rucker. The updated list now includes over 750 items, not just those bases. In other words, the commission is keeping itself paid, keeping itself relevant, keeping itself compensated with your tax dollars, of course, so that they can remain employed. And in the meanwhile, to hell with any business or residence who now has to go through the painful task of changing everything. Imagine the Fort Pickett Diner will now have to change its name if Fort Pickett is changed. Maybe, maybe not. If I owned the Fort Pickett Diner, I would leave the name as is. Even if they rename it Fort Obama. What a joke this entire nation is. This is what we focus our attentions on. This is what we spend our nation's resources on renaming because someone might have gotten butthurt because Pickett or one of his ancestors might have owned a slave. Such a shame. Such an embarrassment. Other countries are laughing at us as we dive further down the toilet 
into destruction of the United States of America. This is the Truth Hurts program. Hey, Joe Bob, you want to run down there to the Fort Pickett Diner and pick up some lunch? Where's the Fort Pickett Diner? It's in the same place it's been since 1961. It's that big red and white building with the big old sign on it says Fort Pickett Diner. I don't know anything about anything called Fort Pickett. I'm a woke, progressive, liberal, enlightened individual. From what I understand, Fort Pickett is named after someone who supported the evil confederacy. Yeah, who cares? They got the best burgers and fries in town, and you can't beat their strawberry shortcake dessert. Well, I won't eat anywhere that's named after a person commemorating the Confederacy. After all, I'm a woke liberal progressive. I'm a Democrat, proud of it. Do you hear me, Joe Biden? And proud of it. Well, you're one of the only ones. I ain't seen a single Biden-Harris sticker in this part of the country ever. Well, I've got one on my Prius, buddy, and let me tell you, I'm proud to have it on there. Yeah? When's the last time you looked at that Biden-Harris sticker on your Prius there, homeboy? Someone's done covered it up with a 2024 Trump sticker. How dare they? That's assault. That's battery upon my electric vehicle. I want to sue somebody. I'm hurt. I'm butt hurt. <laughs> the Fort Pickett Diner. Open 24 hours a day. Outside the main gate of Fort Pickett. Or whatever the hell they're going to call it next week. The Washington Examiner has an article out today. Greg Wilson writes, Say what? Kamala Harris tosses word salad after meeting Jamaican Prime Minister. Vice President Kamalto Harris tossed up another word salad following a meeting with the Prime Minister of Jamaica on Wednesday, drawing a new round of ridicule from her critics. She is the subject of ridicule on a weekly basis. The White House sit-down with the island nation's leader Andrew Hullness commemorated the 60th anniversary of diplomatic ties between the U.S. and Jamaica and marked the first time in nearly 30 years that a Jamaican leader has visited the White House. Harris, whose father is Jamaican, says she and Hullness discussed COVID-19, climate change, and the war in Ukraine. This is what Toe Harris said during the meeting. We also recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Say what? Missy, your humble servant. Well, that smells stinking. But, but, but Missy doing nothing. Missy, I need to be taking on this a heavy burden. Missy, accept this with more and more humility and, uh, on second thought? No, not really, no. My long no. Missy, then starting pity orky day with the brisky morning munching, then boom! Getting very scared, Misa here. When are you thinking we're in trouble? thinking you said people gonna die? We're warriors. We said got a grand army. That's why you know like us, Misa thinks. Misa proposed that the Senate give immediately emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. Joe Biden. Oh my God. Word salad is not even the proper phrase. It was just a literal bunch of words that meant absolutely nothing. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue is economic and the way its impact has been the pandemic. What? 
We will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential? That does not make any sense. Grace Vasquez tweeted, Oh boy, her term papers in college must have been a blast to read. While the effort to assist is essential, our effort in assisting will be of the most essential. Damn, poor Jamaica, tweeted another user. After this speech, administration released a caveat that assistance will only be provided if they understood and can explain back what the vice president had just said. She convinced herself that everything she said is deeply profound. Harris, whose communications team has seen near constant turnover and who has been plagued by White House whispers that she doesn't prepare for her assignments because she's lazy, prompted head-scratching earlier this month with her bizarre rambling in Louisiana. You might recall while she was promoting the access to the internet in rural areas, quote, We were all doing a tour of the library here and talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there's great significance to passage of time. There's such great significance to passage of time when you think a day of the life of our children. That is your vice president. And if gropey Joe Biden resigns, dies while in office, or is removed from office using the 25th Amendment, this woman will be the new president of the United States. God help us all. On the official Twitter site of Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Abe Lincoln, at Sec Blinken, United States government official, the official message says, U.S. citizens will be able to select X as their gender marker on their U.S. passport book starting April 11th. As we mark Transgender Day of Visibility, we mark this historic moment at the State Department as a meaningful step towards LGBTQI plus inclusivities. At hashtag TDOV. Okay, folks, the passport is an official document that tells another nation who you are. It gives the vital information to that other nation so they can determine who you are, if or if not you are a credible threat, and allows as an identification a method for the foreign nation that you are entering to be able to identify you within the laws of their country. So if you put X, you have made it that much more difficult for any security personnel to identify you properly. I will not be surprised if other nations immediately announce that anyone trying to enter their sovereign country with an X as the gender identifier, that passport would be considered invalid in those other nations. This is an absolute joke. Even a four-year-old child knows that boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. This government told us for two years to follow the science, and yet they refuse to follow the science in identifying whether you are a male or a female based on basic human physiology and biology, better known as science. I want to take you back in the Wayback Machine, all the way to the year that Donald Trump decided he was going to run for president. The late night talk show hosts were laughing away, saying this clown had no possible chance of becoming the commander in chief. And when he did, their jaws all dropped. I remember television and movie actors and musicians 
and dancers and singers and athletes saying they were going to leave the country if this guy became president. None of them left the country. They all stuck around, remember? Unbelievable. They lied. They thought that the public would say, Oh no, we can't vote for Donald Trump. Rosie O'Donnell might leave the country. We all wanted her to leave the country. I'm surprised she didn't. Why the hell didn't she? Oh well, that's a story for another day. The Democrat Party spent four years of Donald Trump's presidency doing and saying everything they could, including lying, making up false allegations, phony allegations, printing up fake dossiers, making up phony stories about Russian collusion and interference in the election. And they tried everything to get Donald Trump out of office, including two failed impeachment attempts. Why? Because Donald Trump was not guilty of anything they accused him of. But during Donald Trump's presidency, we found out about vice, the former vice president, Joe Biden's son, the cocaine addict, the drug addict, Hunter Biden. And we found out that he had been given a job, a position, a title rather, making between 50 and $80,000 a month to be on the board of directors of Burisma, the national natural gas company in the Ukraine. If you can't simply put these puzzle pieces together, I would like to apologize to you on behalf of your parents who failed miserably at giving you the common sense that God gifted a goat. I want to apologize to you for the failure in the educational system that you attended because you obviously don't possess the intelligence to understand what is actually happening. It turns out that the Democrat Party, the party who spent four years accusing President Donald Trump of Russian collusion, was spending their same amount of time performing a massive cover-up for Joe Biden and his cocaine-addled son, Hunter Biden, leading up to the 2020 election. And they, the Bidens, have yet to be held accountable for this. And the leftist, woke, progressive, liberal, Democrat-supported mainstream slimeball media, well, their dishonesty has become so common, it's part of why I insist that the mainstream media is losing the fight of their life. The media's predictability is becoming so blatant that it was easy to figure out that COVID would instantaneously disappear from their news headlines in 2022. And I call it the great COVID pivot of 2022. They just put it on the back burner in case they need COVID to perform a resurgence later in the year to cover up some other misdeed by the Biden administration. Now we're backtracking on what turned out to be more false claims of Russian collusion as the mainstream media tries desperately to keep Donald Trump's name in the forefront of every single day's news stories. And they want to make sure that you know that Donald Trump is under indictment or under investigation or someone's looking into this or that or something else to make Donald Trump out to be evil. They tried it for four entire years. Hell, they even tried to impeach him. He again, as I said before, was acquitted twice because he was not guilty. I remember around the time of the election about the Hunter Biden laptop story where then presidential candidate Joe Biden's cocaine addict son's laptop was found and was found to contain proof that the former Mr. Biden, Hunter, sold his influence to China while his father, the latter Biden, 
was still the vice president of the United States under Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama. In the midst of an ongoing media cover-up of that story, I also remember the former Hunter Biden business partner Tony Bobolinsky coming forward and actually blowing the whistle on the Bidens in an effort to at least get the media to take notice, to mention anything at all about it. Instead, the only network and the only reporter to give Mr. Bobolinsky a moment of airtime was Fox's Tucker Carlson. Otherwise, Bobolinsky was completely shunned and ignored by the entire leftist mainstream slimeball progressive liberal woke media. Bobolinsky's interview on Fox News found him to be extremely credible. The information, the data that he put forward, factual, actual, and real. The censorship of that story, as well as the story itself, could be combined as the biggest political scandal of all time, even larger than Hillary Clinton's magic disappearance of 30,000 emails, where the finest investigative agencies in the world, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, simply couldn't recover her emails? Seems a little funny. They recovered everything on Jeffrey Epstein, except, of course, the items that would be able to lead to a conviction of Hillary Clinton's husband, Cigar in the Vagina Bill Clinton. Now, this caught me by surprise because I've lived through many scandals in my 58 years on this planet. Watergate, Iran-Contra affair, the entire Clinton presidency, the entire Barack Hussein Obama presidency, the legitimacy of Barack Hussein Obama, the legitimacy of Joe Biden's election, the Russian hoax. Now I understand. I really understand. Biden selling influence to him as vice president to China at the same time he was running for president is a big deal. And the mainstream leftist slimeball liberal progressive woke media covering up the story, as well as the story of everything on Hunter Biden's laptop, shows that the media is in bed with the Bidens 100%. When you step back and objectively examine the issue of Joe Biden's business dealings in China, in Russia, in the Ukraine, it appeared he was actually engaged in the types of conflicts of interest that his party spent four years accusing Donald Trump of doing. Go figure. After the New York Post broke what should have been a Pulitzer Prize-worthy story of Hunter Biden's laptop, that the then Vice President of the United States, who was now running for President, had a son whose laptop was filled with incriminating evidence, in addition to pictures of his little peni, his little wanker, his little wiener, taken while smoking crack with hookers, the story was promptly blackballed in the mainstream media and was never spoken of again except in a few conservative news outlets. In fact, the mainstream media didn't even give the story one shred of an objective chance. They investigated nothing. They swept it under the rug. They pretended it did not exist. Half of the liberal media organizations covered the story as Russian disinformation, and the other half didn't carry the story at all. One headline in the publication National Security had the headline of, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former intel officials say. 
And that was it. It was laughed off of television, mocked and ridiculed as if it were some sort of conspiracy theory. And even social media companies began censoring any posts about the issue, despite it being reported as actual national news by a credible news organization, the New York Post. In fact, technology section of one newspaper said, Facebook and Twitter limit sharing New York Post story about Joe Biden. It was about Hunter Biden. Source, NPR. The funny thing that happened when the nation didn't have access to what would turn out to be highly credible information. In the meantime, Joe Biden gets elected president. Several months later, Politico reported that some parts of the laptop, including emails at the center of the controversy, were in fact credible. A 180 degree reversal and a far cry from writing off the laptop as Russian disinformation. And then in March of this year, 2022, the New York Times also admitted that the laptop story was authentic. And had that story been promoted as if it were a Donald Trump disaster, Joe Biden would not be your president today. In fact, Joe Biden would likely be on trial right now for treason, for malfeasance while vice president. He would likely be doing jail time right now. Casually linking back to its October 2020 story, which cast doubt on the laptop, in a new 2022 story about the Justice Department's ongoing inquiry of Hunter Biden, the New York Times wrote, quote, People familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, and others about Burisma and other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Hunter Biden in a Delaware computer repair shop. The email and other information in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. For a party that spent the entire election crowing and droning on about transparency and about democracy, for a party that constantly labored on and on about the importance of freedom of the press during the entire four years of the Donald Trump presidency, the liberal media did a horrendous job of missing what would have objectively been an earth-shattering story ahead of a presidential election. And that tells you everything you need to know about journalistic integrity or lack thereof and the large media outlets who run the media in our country right now. Every station has an agenda, not just Fox. For a proper journalist, this agenda could have just meant that NBC or MSNBC or ABC or CBS or HLN or CNN could have covered the laptop story with a bit of a favorable spin for Biden, but it should never have been totally ignored, vilified, castigated, demonized, and swept under the rug. Ignoring the story as they did ahead of an election, pretending like the events never happened, should be criminal for these so-called news networks. The worst part of this type of behavior from the media isn't just this one story. The same type of narrative is being protected facts are being ignored when it came to the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. Look what an absolute batshit crazy job the hysterical leftist media did talking about ivermectin after Joe Rogan came down with COVID. 
Think about the hypocrisy and the double standards surrounding one mask, two masks, you mask, I mask. You can't catch COVID if you wear the mask, and then you can catch COVID if you wear the mask. Or the one shot, two shot, booster shot, and more. And you can still get and spread COVID. They'll follow the science lie when the science changed depending on which way the wind was blowing. I'm now wondering, will we soon see a pivot on ivermectin like we have on monoclonal antibodies? Suddenly, people are realizing that the media has caused probably as many deaths of COVID with their misinformation, disinformation, outright lies, and refusal to look at other scientists than even Joe Biden is responsible for. And we know Joe Biden is personally liable and responsible for the deaths of over 680,000 Americans since he lied and said, I'm going to shut down the virus, not the economy. Three times as many people died of COVID under Joe Biden's first year in office than died during the entire Trump presidency. Instead of doing the right thing with this material story and all of the damning evidence in Hunter Biden's laptop, the media decided to do something nefarious. They swept it aside, they covered it up, and they laughed at anyone who dared to speak the truth about it. And while anybody with an ounce of common sense in the United States would have told you that the laptop story was likely true, after all, who could possibly fake 200 plus photos of a presidential candidate's son smoking meth and crack in his underwear, admitting it now after the fact, as the president's son walks around parading his so-called art for half a million dollars a clip for access to daddy now the president, it's both insulting to our national intelligence and embarrassing for our nation and should be completely humiliating for those respective so-called news organizations who reported nothing when the laptop story first broke. Remember, every time the left tries to lecture you on the importance of journalistic ethics, accountability, transparency, you might start by asking them to examine the organizations who were never held accountable for ignoring the biggest political scandals of our nation's history. Those scandals that surrounded the lies which caused investigations of Donald Trump. And of course, the truths that should have been brought out to expose the Biden crime family for what it actually is. It's a great time for the same media that spent four straight years focused on pointing a finger at President Trump for anything and everything they should now realize that the other three fingers are pointing back at them. Like many on the left, the media has become what they claim they hate. And for us, we're stuck with sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, pervert, senile, Alzheimer's, dementia patient, the milk carton, missing in action president, gropey Joe Biden. Wow, we've run a little long for this edition of the Truth Hurts program, but every single word that I have uttered into this microphone is based on fact and on truth. And for those on the left, unfortunately, sometimes the truth hurts. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.